This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Hello, everybody. This is Pam and Sunny coming to you from the park. Yes, we are coming. Hello. Getting a text, <laughs> apparently. Sorry about that. Um, I am coming to you. We are coming to you from the park. And it is a rainy day. And it is um, not thundering, but it is looking menacing, we shall say. So something could happen. We could get a little thunderstorm. And Sunshine will be very excited. Sunshine is my little Maltese puppy who's officially one year old. Are you still a puppy? I don't know. Uh, you still seem puppy-like to me. Probably always will. You're always my baby. Oh, so today I thought it would be fun to go through some questions that have been posed on my YouTube channel. Some popular questions here. So um, I am just going to jump right in and start answering some of these. Ah, what tool are you using to place your bottle of glue in? This is a strange self-created product that I've created from um, a couple of empty water bottles. I just cut them in half and use the bottom of the bottle, maybe five, six inches tall. And uh, I just put a little washi tape um, around the edge so it's not sharp as I'm pulling the bottle in and out. I'm talking about Fabrifix glue. It's a clear silicone glue. It um, often takes a while, if you get closer to the bottom of the bottle, for the glue to come out. If it's upright, then you turn it over and then you wait, and then you wait, and then you wait. Or you have it upright and uncapped and you get this volcano that comes out of the top. The glue just, for some strange reason, comes burbling up and out the sides. And uh, uh, But my biggest reason why I have it like that is because I want the glue at the ready. And um, uh, whilst I do lose a little bit of glue in the bottom, especially when you first start this process, the little bit of glue at the bottom sort of creates its own little self-stopper over a time, a little almost like rubberized silicone stopper. And then when I keep putting my glue bottle in there, it stops oozing out. Now, um, would I recommend doing this? Only if you're okay losing a little bit of Fabrifix. Fabrifix is not cheap, so, you know, you decide. And uh, I have also transferred my, maybe this is what she meant. Um, what tool are you using to place your, oh no, that is what she meant. But um, I have also transferred my, my Fabrifix uh, from its original container into a Sugar Bells icing piping bottle so I get a thinner thinner stream of glue because this helps me. Sometimes it comes out too much, too thick. The bead is too thick at the um, at the delivery point um, for my purposes. Sometimes we're just trying to get a little bit of the glue underneath an edge. Um, but the, the little Sugar Bells icing piping bottle really does help with that. Um, so um, I do that, then I, I just decorated up my little uh, water bottles with some lace and I, I nestled them onto a uh, piece of cardboard that I decorated with some uh, old book page paper or music paper, put some rubber stamping on it, and then I glued the bottoms of the water bottles the cut water bottles to that cardboard so that they wouldn't tip over and um, it works great I've been really happy with it and um, yeah there you go I was gonna tell you something else about Fabrifix um, can't think of it for the life of me now but when it pops back in the old uh, noodle uh, I'll share it um, okay Linda have you ever used a drop of solder on the ring opening 
I have not, Linda. I have attempted soldering before, and uh, while I find it an extremely valuable process, I think it makes total sense. I'm not really keen on the uh, little poof of um, solder fume that goes into my craft room. Um, <clears throat> it's probably only a tiny bit that you need, or maybe maybe there's solder that you don't have to heat up and drip on, or 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 apply like like that without actually heating and you know making the solder stuff volatile. Um, that is an option though. Why not just fuse it, right? That makes that makes perfect sense. I even thought about putting a tiny drop of um, uh, super glue there. That would probably also do the, the ticket. You just have to sit there and wait for it to dry for a second. But I think that would work well as well. Um, so yes, I, I love that people's minds are turning and new inventions are being created and uh, better mousetraps. Better mousetraps. I love it. Bring them on. Um, okay. Uh, how do you get the napkin to stay down? Did you glue it or Mod Podge it? Oh, okay. She's talking about the uh, the petal-covered envelopes. Um, I uh, laid down some glue stick, glued my petals to my dried flower petals to the front of an envelope, and then I Mod Podged over the entire thing, and then I laid down a um, tissue paper, like a, a like a one ply sheet of a napkin. That's actually what I used. Uh, I pulled a napkin apart at some previous point and then I pulled one sheet of it and laid it down on top of the wet Mod Podge. Now I could have gone over the top with Mod Podge again, but it grabbed so well and I thought, you know what, that's enough glue right now. I've got the, the glue stick, the Mod Podge, and if I put more Mod Podge on top, I've got a really thick item here. So I'm just going to let it dry and see what happens. So there's no glue on top that I can remember. I think all the glue is underneath if I'm remembering correctly. I might actually have to go watch my own video again to see what I did. Sometimes in the throes of the creation process, you know, it all kind of, it, it's like one big blur. After a while, it's one big blur. Um, uh, nothing is funnier than going through a trip through my embellishment box. I have this, it, it's an embellishment crate at this point, I'll be honest. I have, um, uh, quite a few things to pull from there. But when I go and look through there every once in a while, I'm aghast. I'm not aghast. I mean, I'm like, you know, kind of like, whoa, look at all this stuff I completely forgot I made. Com like, it's gone um, because I keep hopping to the next project. So anybody can relate to that? Um, <laughs> so yeah, so um, love this. What can I use if I don't have an eyelet setter? Um, I have had people mention... Um, Oh, somebody mentioned paper or thin plastic reinforcements. Yes, absolutely. You could just create your own with a couple of uh, circle punches, a paper punch and then a circle punch, and you'll make your own um, ring enforcements. Or you could um, um, just get uh, buy a pack and use those as well. Um, probably a good idea to reinforce it somehow if it's going to be a heavily used item. Um, not really necessary if you've got a thick enough cover front and back and it's not going to really wear and tear too much on the page. It's a very small mini notebook that I made how to make mini books using index cards and jump rings. Uh, you can also put multiple jump rings in one hole uh, to give yourself extra strength. I didn't say that in the video but there's a bonus. Okay um, what else we have here? Um, some Coco said, seriously, huh? I just chunked a whole plastic container full of old index cards. <gasps> How dare Coco Ed? How dare? Oh, I'm just kidding. I've done it myself. I've gotten 
rid of a boatload of craft supplies. And then, of course, I come up with a great idea to use those craft supplies. Why? Why does this happen? Because it makes me hang on to everything. And um, um, so, I don't know. It's kind of uh, kind of funny. Uh, would, wouldn't you know? I held on to them forever, hoping to figure out a way to use them. And the old brain didn't work once again. Okay, thanks. Thanks, sweetie. Um, Maggie, how can I avoid leftover coffee from going moldy? I hate to just throw it out when I'm finished. Okay. Um, One trick or tip is to put um, a little bit of rubbing alcohol in it, and that will uh, prevent the stable... It will keep it a little bit stable for a lot longer. Eventually, um, I found that you will get the what I call the nasty scum layer or the separation or the weird fungus stuff that grows in there no matter what. So I think it does have a lifetime. If you find that you make more than you actually use, think of other ways that you can use it immediately at that point. Let's say you have a little project and you're just working on coffee dyeing some coffee paper and you've you've only got so much coffee paper and you've dyed it and now you've got some leftover. What to do? What to do? Well, um, my next inclination might be to grab some trims. Maybe I've got trims of different colors that um, would really look neat if they were um, aged a little bit. So I will put those in the remaining bit and not um, wring it out, let it dry you can wring it out, you'll get a lighter color, but if you let it dry, evaporate with the items in there, you'll get a more intense color because the pigment doesn't go anywhere else other than into the fabric. This will also work with quilter square fabric. If you have some of that sitting around and you'd like to have it have that sort of little house on the prairie, farm, aged, antique, vintage, grunge look, submerge a pile of that into your leftover coffee. The other thing, if you have um, a bed sheet that you're working with and maybe um, you're realizing that, my goodness, bed sheets really do offer a lot of material and I may never use the entire bed sheet, tear a big section of it off and just sop it up with uh, whatever you you have um, as, you know, your bed sheet and not your personal bed sheet, I mean your crafting bed sheet uh, that you're snipping off little pieces of to uh, make wonderful things for your junk journals. Um, use that because that will absorb a lot of extra liquid. Uh, another fun thing to do, and I have a video on this somewhere, um, is to spray um, paper through stencils with your um, coffee dye in a spritzer bottle. And so lay any paper down. It could be a book page, it could be a copy paper, it could be typing paper, it could be any art paper, anything you have, lay it down and then spritz, 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 and then lay an, um, another paper down and then spritz, 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 lay another paper down, spritz, spritz, spritz. Um, actually, you, you want to take the paper away because what happens is the you're going to get a two-for-one special is what I'm trying to say. So the, the, the idea is paper, st- spray, no, yeah, paper, no spray. I'm confused myself. It's much easier when you're actually doing it. Okay, put the paper down. Put the stencil on. Spray. Now put another piece of paper on top of that wet stencil, and you'll get a two-for-one special. Now peel the top one off, put it in a pile. Take your stencil off if you want to replace with a different stencil. But remove the bottom one. Now those are your two. Now do the same thing over with either the same stencil or a different stencil, and you can just keep going and going and going. Um, you can probably also pile these up if you have a whole bunch of different stencils. But um, if you want a really clean, crisp sort of image, I would uh, separate them in uh, packs of two. Okay. Uh, what else? Let's see. Um, 
Um, as far as the how to make mini books using the index cards and jump rings, uh, C. Green um, asks, I love this project. I have all kinds of ideas for it, but I have a question, and it's probably a stupid one. Never a stupid question. Um, we probably all wonder it. The big rings that you show to compare the sizes in the video, what are they? I have <clears throat> an idea for a project, but I need this that size ring, and I have no idea what to search for. Um, anyone who can help. So a couple people jumped in. They're called book rings. I have, I bought some at Office Depot, but you can find them on eBay and Amazon. That's true. And also Etsy and AliExpress. You can also find them at the Dollar Tree. They're different sizes. Um, and there's many different kinds out there. Uh, I think the ones I showed may have been one inch rings, but they come in very tiny to fist size rings. I mean, I'm sure you can find them in all different, different, uh, uh, sizes, but, um, the bigger the ring, the, wider your spine will be. So that means you can accommodate more paper. Um, so if you're thinking about something like that, it's a very easy way to make a journal if you don't want to fuss with the sewing at all. Um, but you do have to fuss a little bit with getting the rings open and closed. They're not the, the easiest things in the world to operate. They're very secure when they're in place. Uh, they're a little bit lumpy when you want to store them on a shelf next to other books. Sometimes they stick out a little bit. Um, you know what I mean when you see a spiral um, journal, something like that. Even the old Mead paperback books, they're a little wider at the spine than they are for the rest of the book. But, um, okay, here's a good one. Um, <clears throat> um, oh, I think this is a very good and timely question. Um, Kathy loves MK. Uh, she says, I love this size. She's talking about how to make a big book, how to make a junk journal tome uh, video that I put out. Um, I love this size, but I feel like my life has been pretty boring for the last year. What do you fill your journals with when your days are repetitive? Well, there you go. Um, that's perfect timing for this COVID land right now. Um, uh, maybe a lot of us are dealing with repetitive days and your junk journal is your play space. It's your happy place where you can do anything you want. Number one, you have total freedom uh, and there are no rules and you can make it as simple or as complex as you want. A couple of options for you might be um, make a journal of no judgment and you just do whatever you feel like doing that day in your journal. One day you may feel like writing. So you write, write, write till your heart's content, until you're done, until the pen goes down. The next day may be art day and you want to play with your colored pencils in there. The next day maybe you want to play with your paper punches in there. The next day you maybe want to create, um, uh, you want to work with the color blue. So you just work with the color blue on a page or some pages. Uh, the next day you may want to uh, play with your stickers or you want to um, do some painting in there. Uh, you know, I mean, there's just a million and one ideas, but if you create a no judgment journal for yourself, an actual play space, it can become the most wild, uh, wildly free, imaginative place we can have on this earth where and, and it, nobody else has to ever look at it, or you can show it to the world. Totally up to you. But um, uh, if you find that everything is a little mundane, you know what I mean? You get up, you brush your teeth, you go, you shuffle over, and you do whatever it is you do every day, and you're looking for something different, consider this your theater, your arena. This is your place to experiment and grow and fe feel free. And, um, you know, just have a blast. Rubber stamp. Um, peg stamp, uh, collage, uh, create words out of atlas pages, uh, do something fun with index pages that you've never done. 
Dreaming of a better sleep? Tossing and turning is not your destiny. And Ollie is here to help. Ollie invites you to sink into sweet, sweet slumber to improve your mental and physical health and overall wellness. More than just melatonin, Ollie's ingredients help you unwind your mind for a delightfully dreamy drift off. Sleep is on the way at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. Before, make some bookmarks and tuck them in there. Um, or do useful thing day. I used to only put useful things, what you know, what I thought were useful things, in my very first journal. Like, it had to have a purpose. I wasn't just going to create a journal full of stuff. That was silly. That was for silly people. All these silly people do that. So my first journal that I actually gave as a gift, I, I had to make sure that everything had a purpose. It was either a little extra notebook or it was a magnet. I bought these sheets of magnet where you, I glued pretty papers onto the front. And I thought, there, there. Now they're going to have pretty fridge magnets. That's very useful. And, uh, um, you know, so little things like that. I mean, just everything had to have a purpose. Uh, little envelopes or writing. I would make them cards and envelopes and I would sneak them in there and tuck them in there because I thought those, well, they can send them to somebody and that would be nice. Or I made them a handmade postcard, something like that. So oh, I'm getting all excited. I want to go home and make stuff. Sonny, can we go home from the park? Not yet, Mom. I'm not done. Okay, fine. Just a little update. We have gone on our walk, right? Right. And we saw some squirrels, right? Right. <laughs> okay, so life's good right now. He's wrapped around my neck um, in between me and the back of my chair as we sit here at the park. It's kind of his favorite little spot to hang out. All right, let's see. What else we have here? Uh, Sharon. Uh, Sharon says, I don't like the smell of coffee-dyed papers. Do you think I could use melted chocolate like Baker's Unsweetened Chocolate? Um... You're not alone. A lot of people don't like the smell of coffee. And there is no rule that you have to use coffee. Uh, a lot of people use tea as an alternative. And there's certainly many different kinds of teas. And different kinds of teas will give you different uh, levels of color. Some will be um, uh, along the brown, the beige line. Others will be, uh, if you use the flower teas or the fruit tree teas, you may get more of a pinkish or an orangish hue. Um, the other thing is with the chocolate I've had. I haven't heard of anybody actually using Baker's chocolate. Um, there's not a lot of oil in Baker's chocolate. I mean, I don't know. It would probably, I, I'm sure it would work on some. It probably would smell fabulous. But I have heard of people using cocoa powder and also cinnamon and a little bit of vanilla extract, I've heard, works wonders if you're so inclined to ad admire those smells. I mean, I love those smells. And, oh, my gosh, I would be so hungry after eating that uh, or eating that. <laughs> I've already eaten it in my mind. I've now eaten my junk journal that smells like chocolate. Don't do that. Um, <laughs> I can't. I drove by Dunkin' Donuts this morning, and boy, did I want to pull in there. But no, no, I didn't. No, no, not today. No. Okay, I was a good girl. Yeah, yes, honey. Yeah, okay. Um, all right, so, yeah, that was a funny one. I just I just got a kick out of that. Um, but uh, let's see. Ah. <sighs> This person, oh, Helen said, um, I love this. Okay, what video is this? Am I really going to cut up my clothes for junk journals video? Um, I loved this video, Pam. In the past, when I threw out slash donated clothing, I used to think what I could make, what could I make from this? Question mark. But now less and less will be going to the landfill because I know exactly what I could do with this fabric. Thanks to you and Sunny. Yes, I mean, our um, clothing that we're finished with really is a great craft supply. Um, and it doesn't take much. I mean, 
really out of one shirt, you could probably make three, four journals, not two, I mean, depending on how big or small you are, or if you borrow it from somebody, not borrow it, you're permanently taking it. <laughs> let's, let's be straight about that. It's a permanent uh, self-donation if you get it from a family member and it becomes your own to play with. But um, I think that's a wonderful way to repurpose, reuse, and recycle items. It breathes new life into them. And I think it's uh, just as valuable and maybe if not more valuable than uh, just, you know, giving it to Goodwill on something because yes, okay, it would be a piece of clothing somebody else could use and it would clothe them for a day or maybe they would just overbuy stuff at Goodwill and not really use that item that much and it would become their crafting material. Who knows? We never know because we release things into the universe and off they go um, and we just have to trust that they go to good places. But. Um, what you could do is you could take some clothing and I would say cut it down a little bit. Maybe you just want to use the fronts and the backs of the shirts and then cut off the arms, maybe cut off the cuffs, cut off this and that. And technically everything could be used. I mean, absolutely in a crafter's hands, everything could be used, but sometimes it's helpful to get yourself started in the process where you're, uh, clearing out a, um, your, you're getting ready, you're preparing some fabric for easy grabbing so that if you just need a square or you just need a big swath, you have it. And uh, so you don't have to sit there and, you know, trim, 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 you know, cut the seams out and stuff like that. So if you have maybe, I don't know, four or five different items in your closet that you know you're not going to wear anymore and you're thinking, well, what could I do with it? What could I make out of it? Cut them up. And maybe when they're ready, um, grab and go, uh, you might be more inspired to use them and create them with something or create something with them. They're, um, they're also great to create strips of fabric to create ties to bind your journal. They're also great to make uh, strips of fabric to cover your spines. If you have an, an exposed spine and let's say um, you really want a hidden spine and um, this is an easy way to make a hidden spine. You just cover it with fabric and uh, it makes your, it reinforces your spine, makes it stronger. Plus it also um, covers your hidden spine or your exposed spine. If you didn't want uh, an ex uh, if you prefer, if you preferred a hidden spine. Um, so a lot of fun things that you can do with fabric. Also on the inside of your spine, you can also cover that with fabric. It, it's a great reinforcement. Plus it gives a beautiful um, element of decor. Uh, I would recommend, <clears throat> If you're going to be wrapping a journal, this is not absolute because I've done it, but materials that don't stretch are easier to work with than materials that stretch when it comes to wrapping a journal. Um, things can be, can lay flatter, more crisp. You don't get as many wrinkles. And so if, or especially if you're just beginning, I would recommend non-stretchy fabric like cottons, muslins, you know, things like that. Um, it can be done. I, I've made journals with t-shirts and with sweaters and things like that. It totally works, uh, but it just takes a little more finagling and maneuvering. And um, I've just gotten into playing with the heat heat and bond. You know, the, the, the um, uh, stuff that you put, you, you iron it onto fabric to make it uh, fusible webbing, I think it's called. Um, so that uh, your, your fabric doesn't stretch. So it takes stretchable fabric and it basically makes it not stretchable so that it's a little bit easier to work with. The thing is you cannot, or I tried, I tried to just glue that 
to a book and because the fusible webbing is sort of plasticky it has a like a plasticky kind of feel it didn't stick very well so I think it's important to cover the plastic side which also has more glue on it with some tissue paper or something like that just and run it over it and that will allow your glue to grab the uh, uh, the item that you're using. I've never actually tried ironing it onto, let's say, a piece of chipboard. I imagine it would work because it's going to melt the glue that's there. I should try that. Somebody write that down. Sunny? Sunny, you got that? Okay. All right. So, uh, well, I think we got through a, a nice chunk of questions there. And I'd love to hear from you guys and wondering, I'd love to hear what you're thinking and wondering about and, and scratching your noggins about. Um, so thank you so much for posting your questions. And uh, I want to get to as many as possible. So we'll do this again sometime. So I hope you're having lots of fun out there. I do have more fundals available for sale. They're ephemera collections um, in my Etsy shop right now. So if you're interested in those, please hop on over and see if you can catch some. If you don't see the fundals section, that means I'm currently out. And I would suggest just check back, checking back at another time and maybe I will have reloaded it. Um, so um, all my links are down below my videos. My videos come out Mondays, Wednesdays, Fridays, and Saturdays, uh, 7 a.m. Eastern time. I have an Etsy shop where I sell my fundals, my uh, vintage digi kits, and uh, uh, big chunky monkey journals, writing journals, different kinds of bundles of things. Um, as I make them and uh, sometimes I do big promotions and videos and social media splashes and other times I just sneak stuff in there so you may want to go check every once in a while you may find something um, what else what else um, I have a newsletter, a monthly free emailed newsletter. Uh, please feel free to um, sign up for that. You'll get a free digital image emailed to you every month, as long as, as well as a checklist of supplies, note, note from the bookmaker explaining what a junk journal is that you can tuck inside your, your books, and a big long junk journal um, supply list, and some notes, uh, uh, some junk journal tips for me, and also um, updates what's going on at the Paper Outpost. And, oh, come and join our Facebook group, the Paper Up with Facebook group. We are uh, mighty and strong. We're up to, I think, 12.8 thousand people. Um, it's a 0.8 person. No, it's not a 0.8. It's like 12,800 and so. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, we're having a lot of fun over there doing weekly and monthly challenges as well as seeing what you guys make from these videos. And uh, thank you for all your ideas and inspiration and creativity and motivation. You're really keeping us, all of us going with your ideas. So thank you. Thank you for that. And uh, I hope you find it a fun place to share. And thank you very much to our moderators and our administrator. Uh, you guys are doing an awesome job, and I'm, I'm so grateful for all your help. Um, okay, so what else? I think that's it. We're going to wrap it up, son? Yeah. Okay, everybody, you have an awesome day. Happy crafting, and we'll see you next time. Okay, all right, you heard it from the man. The man said so. All right, take care, everybody. Talk to you next time. Bye-bye. Oh, wait, one more thing, if you're still here. Um, I just got a notice from Facebook, and I don't know whether it's regular Facebook or Facebook group, because I have two. I mean, regular Paper Outpost Facebook. If you didn't know that, I have a Paper Outpost Facebook page, and also the Facebook group, which is different. I know it's all confusing. It was confusing to me, too. But apparently, you can listen to the podcast now on Facebook, and you can leave comments in a much more easy format than just trying to figure out where to leave a comment or if you wanted to bring up something or talk about something or share ideas about something on this podcast, which I'm not quite sure where you would do that if you're just walking around listening to it. Um, there's probably somewhere, but um, 
I think it might make it a lot more um, uh, where we can communicate together. So I, I would love to. I would love to see if uh, folks like to use that. So I'm going to keep an eye on that and uh, I'll go from there. So I wanted to let you know that that is there now, apparently. So um, anyway, here we go. Take care, everyone. Have an awesome day. Have lots of fun. Happy crafting and create with reckless abandon. Bye bye. <laughs>